0: Welcome to the Filipino American Women Project, a podcast show that shares stories and life lessons told by individuals living or have lived in America that are of Filipino descent and identify as female. I'm your host, Jen Amos, a fellow Filipino American woman, and I'm excited for you to join us. Let's get started. All right. Hi, everyone. Jen Amos here with the Filipino American Woman Project podcast show. And as always, I have my incredible co-host with me, Nani Dominguez. Nani, welcome back to the show. Hello, hello. Awesome, awesome. And we are excited because, I mean, come on, every time we do another show, it means that we get to interview another incredible person in our Filipino community. So I want to introduce you all to Mia Santos. Mia is born and raised in Chicago, multitasking at her best by balancing work, school, and raising her two-year-old son with her fiancé. When she has free time, her and her little family love to travel, cook, and dance. She also has a food blog on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter called Food Raised Me to share her love of eating and cooking. Mia, welcome to the show. Hi, you guys. It's great to have you. And yeah. I, I was saying this offline, but I feel compelled to like saying this. But I mean, it's not really that big of a deal, honestly. But the cool thing is that we're all calling in different time zones right now.
1: <laughs> so <laughs> we have
0: the Eastern time. We have, what, what do you call your time, Mia? Is it Mountain Time? Central. Okay, central. I feel like I should have known that. So central time. <laughs> and then we have <laughs> we have Nani in Pacific time. So look at that. That is cool. That is cool. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. speaking of which, uh, considering how we're all calling in different places, let's go ahead and talk a little bit about the project. And Mia, let's have you start off by sharing how did you hear about the Filipino American woman project? And what inspired you to be on our show today?
2: Um, I actually came across the Filipino American Woman Project through Instagram during Filipino American History Month. I kind of was just on My Food Raised Me and just like adding, you know, a whole bunch of people and came across you guys and listened to the podcast and I thought it was just great. Growing up, it was just me and my mom. There wasn't a lot of like Filipino aunties like I would have loved to like do with and all that. So I'm always trying to connect with other Filipinos and to hear other Filipinos and their stories is just amazing. Like, how could I not want to be a
0: part of that? Yeah, I love it. I love it. Yeah, I think that when people share their story on the show, it kind of causes this, whether you call it a domino effect or ripple effect, like other women feel compelled to sharing their story as well. It's like, oh, if she can do it, and they can do it, then I can do it, you know. And so it's just really cool that you found us during Filipino American History Month. I feel like that's kind of when I feel like the show is really like kicking, like I'm not kicking. I feel like the show is really like starting to I don't know. What's the word, naughty. Like really start to get a stride <laughs> in terms um, of like exposure traction. and stuff. Traction. Thank you. Yeah. Because yes. I feel like our <laughs> listenership had increased really during Filipino American History Month. And I I mean, yeah. obviously, why wouldn't it? Because I'm sure that's the time when people are like, oh, I should probably learn about my culture. And, <laughs> yeah, and, <the laughs> and you know, that's <laughs> my visionaries. Yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. And it was about Panay Visionaries. And I think a lot of people were kind of, you know, looking for more Filipina stories. And so I feel like we really started the show at the right time and really hit our stride during that month. So I'm glad that you are one of the people that found us during that time. Yeah. I'm glad too. like,
2: I always wanted to like share my story, but just didn't know how
0: to go about
2: it, or kind of felt like insecure. But I'm like, if it can help like one person, then why not? everyone has a story to tell.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I like how you said, like, you know, the word insecure. I think that when anyone feels, like, insecure or maybe unsure if, like, their story matters or whatever, like, I think that's, like, the best time. That's when you know that your story needs to be shared because that's a story that people need to hear. So speaking of which, you know, this show is dedicated to individuals who live or have lived in America that are of Filipino descent and identify as female or pronouns, uh, her and she. So Mia, I'd love for you to share a little bit about your family background. I know offline, um, you mentioned your relationship with your mother, which I'm sure we'll get into in this conversation. But yeah, I'd love to hear a little bit about your family background and why you identify as a Filipino American woman. So my mom
2: is Filipino and um, my father is black, African-American. I never knew my father, but just Polaroid pictures growing up, I see like a picture of me sitting on this guy's lap that says like me and my dad at two years old. But other than that, my mom won't tell me anymore. She says that I didn't have a father. She can never give me a straight story. So... That was a little weird. Why <laughs> can't she just mm-hmm. tell me the story? And not only that, but she was very strict in me growing up as far as like when I'm at home, I could only speak Tagalog. That's it. If I spoke English, she would be like, what? I don't understand you. Or give me a silent treatment. All my babysitters were Filipino. So I couldn't get away from like the culture, the Tagalog language that way. And so even though she worked Which seemed like 24-7 as a single mom. She made sure to like find resources to kind of teach me more about like the Filipino culture and keep it alive in me.
0: Yeah, it it sounds like, I mean, whether it was in the healthiest way or not, you know, she said, like, oh, it's like, you're speaking to me in English. I don't know what you're saying. Like, who are you talking to? You know, and it's like, she'd only respond when you speak in Tagalog. And then, like you mentioned with your babysitters, they were all Filipino and spoke to you in Tagalog. I'm kind of curious because, I mean, personally, I don't know Tagalog, but I feel like if I was in that position, I feel like I would have like a complicated relationship with Tagalog. Do you feel that way?
2: No. It was more or less weird, like in high school, the Filipino people didn't really accept me because I was like mm. half black. But then I'm like, but half of you guys don't even know Tagalog and I know Tagalog. So, <laughs> right. you know, it shouldn't right. be like a race or competition, but it's kind of like, well, what makes you more Filipino than me or not, you know? So I didn't really have like a battle with it. Now it's just a battle of like, I have no one to talk to. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. I'm kinda slowly forgetting it. And then like teaching my son, I'm like, Oh dang, what's that word? Like so then I kinda speak like Tagaloglish or however you would say that. Mm Tagalog English to him. And I'm just like, Maybe I need to like buy the Filipino cable or something to like keep it going or I try to like find YouTube Filipino cartoons for him to listen to or stuff like that because I'm like I I'm slowly starting to forget which I'm kind of sad about because I'm like now I see why my mom was so hard on me and then Mm -hmm. actually one of my schoolmates because he asked me he's like are you fluent I'm like yeah and he was like well nobody really cares about that anymore and I'm like Mm. for real like I didn't know how to take that I was kind of just like Are Filipinos kind of trying to be like more American, and forget about their culture, or have they just like given up on like, trying to teach their kids, like the culture?
0: Mm -hmm. When I was living in or when I was raised in SoCal, Southern California, because we live so close to the border, it was more about learning Spanish than it was about learning Tagalog. So I'm wondering if you know, it could just be an American thing, or it could be like in the environment that you're living in you know, in regards to like, which language is more important, like above the other. I heard Nani kind of agreeing a little bit. Nani, did you have some thoughts you wanted to share?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that it's part of a larger conversation as to why, you know, language as a part of our, you know, in the context of our culture has been erased, you know, slowly, little by little over the years. And it speaks to to that directly because we're kind of the generation where, where that line is being drawn. You know, for my family, anyone from my dad's generation and down doesn't speak to Golub, but everybody from my grandma's brothers and sisters did. And so that's kind of the hard line where it stopped and it wasn't passed down. And was that intentional? In our case, it, it absolutely was. And when you say are Filipino, like what's going on? Are we intentionally trying to forget our culture? Are we trying to be more American? And again, it's part of that larger conversation of, you know, the need to assimilate into America Mm -hmm. for the older generations in my family, at least. And that is kind of the direct answer, at least in my case to that question is it was absolutely intentional, which, you know, it. Sucks for me and my kids because I would like to have that. I would have loved to have held on to that, but you know I, I didn't get to make that choice. So here I am. I don't speak the language and if I do want to learn, I have to go out of my way and you know, like you said, if you don't get to have anyone to talk to speak it with, then it's hard to keep it fresh and you know use it essentially. So that's also a challenge when nobody else that's in your kind of circle that you talk to on a regular basis, you know, that you can practice with. So yeah, it's, it's tough. Yeah. And not only that, I'm like, where are all the Lola's at?
2: I'm like growing up, it it (laughs) seems so easy for my mom to find like Filipino babysitters. And then for my Mm -hmm. son, I'm like, I have nobody to bring you to. Like right. right now, his babysitter is like Dominican, so and she just speaks straight up Spanish. So I'm yeah. like, he's definitely gonna pick up on Spanish first before the yeah. which and is I'm not like, a bad thing. Also right, no, that's not a bad thing. I'm like, I'm bridge, glad to learn you know another language. I yeah. tried, you know, learning Spanish high school, college. It just wouldn't Mm -hmm. stick. I think it's just too close to the Gallup for me to pick up. Yeah, As long as he (laughs) learns another language, that's great. But I'm just like, come on, like, where's everybody at?
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, no, I know what you mean. And like I said, with my family, it kind of all stopped with my grandma's generation. And everybody else is very, you know, intentionally Americanized. Mm -hmm. That was their wishes, you know? Right.
0: Yeah, my relationship with language is associated with my family. And I had mentioned this in past episodes, but I had a pretty toxic, unhealthy, abusive relationship with my family. And to me, learning Tagalog would mean that I'm allowing myself to be in an unhealthy environment. And so it's interesting, because like, if you were to ask me, are you interested in learning Tagalog now? I actually don't know how to answer that. Like, I probably shouldn't have brought that question. Now people are gonna ask me that question. But <laughs> but it's like it's interesting because it's like I never needed it to survive, at least like in my adult life. And then because of my relationship with my family, I wanted to disconnect from them in that, you know, I didn't want to relate to them essentially. And I and so that's why I deliberately didn't want to learn, even though my mom told me when I was younger I could speak it fluently. So yeah, I think just like what Nani said, it's part of like a bigger question, you know, in regards to like the Filipino American community as a whole and how, you know, they look at learning or speaking Tagalog. And so I just think it's so cool that you understand why your mom really pressed upon you to learn or to preserve the language. Right. All right. Jen was here jumping into the middle of our show, as I always do, to remind you why this show is possible. So, you know, at the end of every episode, I tend to say... If you didn't catch our guest contact info, don't worry, we'll have those in the show notes. Check them out. I work so hard on them. You're welcome. Well, it's been brought to my attention that our show notes are not as easy to find as I thought, which is why starting summer 2020, the Filipino American Woman Project is proud to be partnering with Captivate, the world's only growth-oriented podcast host. Captivate is created for independent podcasters, designed from day one to help you to focus on audience growth and the expansion of your audio influence. One way that Captivate makes our lives easier as independent podcasters is by taking the guesswork out of making a website for your show. That's right, a website for your show. So listeners, starting summer 2020, finding our show notes will be so much easier. All thanks to Captivate. You're welcome, as always. If you're about to start podcasting or are getting burnt out from all the extra work of producing one, like building a website, consider a seven-day free trial, that's right, free, with Captivate by visiting thephilamwoman.com. That's the Philam, short for Filipino American Woman.com. Or, you know, check out our show notes in the meantime, which is in the details section of each episode. Once again, you can visit thefillanwoman.com or visit the details section. Of this episode.
1: Well, very cool. Well, I can just add something. I was just going to tie in the fact that how you said, now you see kind of why your mom was so adamant and so strict with you, you know, only speaking Tagalog in the house and things like that when you were younger. Now that you have your own son, you're, I'm sure now trying to find creative ways to connect him with his culture You know, just like she did for you, just maybe, you know, in a different way (laughs) or in different ways. So that's also something you're probably thinking about.
2: Yeah, I really didn't think about it until I had my son.
1: Then it was just
2: like, no, I want you to know your culture. I want you to know who you are. But like, you know, back then it was just more or less like, great, I can speak another language. So in the case that I need to kind of like code what I'm saying, you know, I have another language yeah. to do that by. But <laughs> right. other than that, you know, or then like, my it mom didn't was like, like mean
1: much. Yeah,
2: right. Or she would be like, well, if you ever go to the Philippines, like you can't, you won't get snatched up as easy because you know, Tagalog. And I'm like, okay, I don't know what that means. But okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I think they're still gonna know I'm American. I don't have that you know, Tagalog, Filipino accent, like I grew up in the Philippines, but okay.
1: (laughs) Yeah, like they could probably tell real quick. (laughs) Right. You still have an advantage. I see what she was saying.
0: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, I would definitely be immediately spotted as an American if I go to the Philippines, cause I just, I can't, <laughs> there's like no way I could like blend in, you know? I'm, cause I wasn't even, I wasn't raised in the Philippines in any way. And like the only way I got exposure uh, of the culture was really through my mom and my, really my mom actually. And that was kind of it for me, I think. Mia, have you visited the Philippines or, or do you visit often? No, I've never been. Me and my family do
2: plan on going in October next year So hopefully that goes through. I was supposed to go on my 30th birthday, but then I got pregnant. So that kind of put the pause
1: on that. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And you got to bring your son too. (laughs)
2: Yes, exactly. But I'm just like seeing like just pictures and how beautiful it is. I'm like, I don't know. Maybe I I wouldn't want (laughs) to (laughs) leave.
1: Yeah. It's different. Different lifestyle out there.
0: Right. You know, I think it's interesting. I find it very common, at least on this show, that when Filipino American women or Pinay's become mothers, that's when they seem to care more about preserving their culture. So that makes me wonder even for myself, like if if and when I do become a mother, if I'm gonna feel that way as well. And yeah, that's just an observation I wanted to make. <laughs> but that is quite interesting. It sounds like preserving your language was already very important to you. Or, you know, remembering Tagalog and speaking it. But do you feel mm-hmm. like there was more of a responsibility like when once you had your son? Not necessarily responsibility. I think it was just more or less just seeing a lot more people
2: not growing up with their culture or not really knowing much about their culture or even just to the simple fact that a lot of the Filipinos I know don't even like Filipino food or Our girl stopped by some of the dishes we have, like bina go'am and stuff like that. And I'm just like, I just want him to be proud of who he is and where he came from. I mean, of course, it's up to him when he grows up, if he wants to, you know, identify more or less, because my son is black, Filipino, Mexican and Chinese, because I know growing up, I struggled with my identity and Sad to say, but being two more races, I had to kind of pick and choose depending on what it was and what race I wanted to pick, especially back then, because you didn't really have the choice of checking off the box of two or more races and stuff like that. And you had to kind of pick one. And it's like, but I'm both now so I'm forced to pick one.
0: I still find that fascinating that in our school system, it's important to check off those boxes. Now, I'm not in the educational system in any way. So someone's probably like mad at me right now talking about this. (laughs) But I imagine that, you know, the whole intent of checking off those boxes is to see like what the greater need is for a certain, you know, demographic. But it almost like backfires because it makes you question your identity. Like even someone such as myself that is considered full Filipino, like, I'm kind of like, okay, am I Pacific Islander or am I Asian, you know? <laughs> like, what, which exactly. one is that? Exactly.
2: Yeah, I never understood that either because I was like, well, the Philippines is on a, the Pacific Ocean, so... And we're an island, so aren't we Pacific Islanders? Like, I always had the debate with friends and they're like, no, you're Asian. I'm like, but Asia's so far away from our island. <laughs> like, if you look on the map, we're <laughs> all the way, like, yeah. all alone and not really surrounded by any other, like, Asian countries. So I'm like, which one do you check off? Or, mm-hmm. like, what What do I say? Do I say I'm Asian? Do I say, you know... And then, like, a lot of people, too, I've heard many stuff like, oh, Filipinos aren't real Asians. You know, and I'm like, then what are we?
0: <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: So hearing stuff like that, too, it, you know, it gets very confusing.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I just feel like it's this... Ongoing conversation of what are we? No, really, what are we, really? You know, and one thing I'm finding in interviewing our guest is just learning that at the end of the day, like you define who you are and you identify the way that you want to identify. Like I know with Nani, she's mentioned this multiple times throughout the show, even though she's half Russian, she identifies more with her Filipino identity because she was mainly raised in that environment. So, am I saying that right, Nani? <laughs> yeah.
1: Yes, cool. That's cool. A good summary.
0: <laughs> yes. Okay. Cool. Yes. So obviously, we're not going to have the answers today, right? But I think this is—it's a, a great conversation to have, and always a reminder that it's confusing to be in our situation as um, you know individuals of Filipino descent. It's also an invitation for us to open the dialogue and continue to show up as we are, and expanding people's worldview of us you know, by telling our story and challenging people, really, you know, just like what you do, Mia, and asking people, well, why don't you want to speak Tagalog? Like, I think that's a question worth asking, because it'll make people uncomfortable, but I think it wakes people up, too. It's a good reminder of like, okay, like, why do I not want to know? Like, why do I want to be more American than Filipino? Like, what is that? And um, I think nowadays, it's a conversation that's more welcomed. And if Mm -hmm. not, then wake up. (laughs) Wake up, everyone. It's happening. Like, you're getting (laughs) asked anyway. So you might as well embrace it. You
2: might (laughs) might as well
0: think about it. Yeah. Yeah, Right. Exactly. Well, beautiful, ladies. All right. Well, thank you so much for delving deep into that, Mia, with us. Let's go ahead and fast forward to today. For people that are getting to know you for the first time, why don't you share with us a snapshot of your life, particularly what keeps you busy and most excited about life nowadays? Uh, What keeps me busy
2: now is definitely my son. He is always on the go. And I'm like, where do you get all that energy from? Can you share that energy with me? (laughs) Because I need it. I'm like, well, sometimes right now, just trying to balance, like, work and then school and then having days pass by where I don't even get to see him or I'm just, like, asking my fiancé, like, send me pictures or video, please. (laughs) Mm
1: -hmm.
2: But I know in the end, I'll just be worth it and just have to struggle a little bit right now, try to fit in at as many date nights as we can or Sunday is usually our family days. So just trying to handle everything at once. I'm like, I'm so happy Christmas break is here. So I can relax a little bit. But then I'm like, two more years. What did I do? What did I get myself into? This better be worth it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, yeah, I go back and forth with that. I'm just like, what did I do? It seemed like a good idea signing up. And I felt like did I forget that I had a kid now (laughs) to balance all this with, but I'll just pay off. And not only that, I want him to see and learn that his mom is a hard worker. And even if I had to sacrifice like stuff, like not seeing him that I'm doing all this for him. Mm -hmm. And hopefully when he grows up, he'll adapt that hardworking, you know, self and himself too.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I feel like no matter like what a parent does, and I just think about this in my relationship with my mom, is like, at one point, they're going to have a phase where they're just not going to like you. And you're just going to have to push through it. And then eventually, like, I think in like their 20s, like later 20s, like what happened to me, at least, you know, they start to like realize like all the sacrifices, you know, their parents have made. And, you know, like me today, I have a pretty good relationship with my mom now. So I think you're setting a good example for your son. I think it's different for everyone. Like, obviously, there's, there's different schools of thoughts when it comes to raising kids. And I'm not even going to like attempt to give my opinion too much because I'm not, I'm not a parent. So I don't want anyone to attack me or yell at me or leave a bad review. But no, I think there's different schools of thought. And I think like the intent of just the fact that you want to be a good example for your son and you want to provide, and, and also like you want to put yourself first too. I mean, you're going to school to better yourself, you know, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. So I think what you're doing is great. And the, the intent is good. And we can only hope in the long run that your son will appreciate it. And like, you know, he's young anyway. He's not going to remember the first couple of years right. of his life, I think. So it's all good. Better do it now than later. <laughs> right, exactly. Because yeah. the same thing as you, like I didn't
2: realize what my mom was like going through as a single parent. So I, all I knew was like, okay, I'm getting dumped at the babysitters again to a point where I even started calling the babysitters mom because hmm. I saw them more than I saw her. And not only that, she was very strict. So mm-hmm. it was like when I'm with her, I couldn't really do much anyway. But now I'm like, with a son, I'm like, I don't know if I can have done this by myself like she did. Like, that mm-hmm. was crazy. So I'm very thankful, one, that, you know, I have a great fiancé who's a great father, and two, that I have that trait of hers. If I were was to get any trait of hers, I'm glad that I got like her independence and her hardworking and just not wanting to depend on anybody for anything. And Mm. if you want something, you go get it yourself.
0: Right. That's awesome. Nani, I heard you agreeing there in the background. Did you want to add anything?
1: Yeah, no, I mean, that just reminds me also of my relationship with my mom. I feel like she has just supported me and, you know, similarly. So I'm just
0: nodding along here. (laughs) (laughs) Yay, moms. Yay, moms. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Maybe we may we be like our moms.
2: Yes.
0: Yes. (laughs) Yeah. I just think to myself, you know, after realizing how selfish I was with the way that I treated her at a certain time in my life, you know, you got to think, you know, my mom, she was an immigrant, she left the Philippines to Follow my dad because he joined the Navy. And then we lost my father when, or my dad when, back in '98, about 20 years ago. And she had to raise three kids, like under 11 years old. And then, and then she dealt with discrimination in the workforce for a very long time just to provide for us. And then here I was giving her a hard time that she wasn't giving me emotional support. <laughs> and so later in life, when I realized that, I was like, oh man, I, I was such an awful daughter right. but yeah but <laughs> yeah. the beautiful thing about my mom is that she she held on to her her faith so tightly like she's just a solid woman of faith and she prays every day and Same. she's just yeah she's just always <laughs> grateful and you know now that you know she's been an empty nester for like you know for years now but like i feel like she's entered this new season in her life where she just feels blessed all the time so much that she has to like show off her life on facebook and be like oh "Oh, i'm (laughs) so blessed i'm so blessed you know like she's always saying blessed like i'm pretty sure she says it like every post i haven't checked lately but i'm pretty sure and um And you know what? That's cool. You know, that's so cool because I just think of like all the things that I put her through. And I'm just like, I can only imagine like the, I don't know, just the strength a mother has to be so forgiving of their children. Um, Right. Because that's a big heart. You got to have a big heart to forgive your kids for putting you what they put you through. uh, I think so. Anyway, to mothers. (laughs) Cheers. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Just pretend we have drinks and we're doing cheers right now. Right. (laughs) Hey, everyone. Jen Amos here taking a quick break in between our interviews, as I always do, uh, to actually talk about a new resource that I have personally been using for a couple of weeks now called Seven Cups. I want to give a shout out to Asia Hilario, who shared this resource in episode 29. So check it out. We live in a world where you can be surrounded by people but still feel lonely with nobody to turn to when things get rough. But being heard is an important part of being human. Psychologist Glenn Mariotti, I think that's how you pronounce his last name, (laughs) saw that there was great power in listening, but he knew not everyone had someone to talk to. He started to wonder, how can I make being heard a reality for everyone? And that's why 7 Cups was born. Thanks to thousands of volunteer listeners, including myself, Stepping up to lend a friendly ear, Seven Cups is happy to say, we're here for you. No matter who you are or what you're going through, this is a place where you'll be heard and cared for. We might be strangers on the surface, but underneath, we're just the friends you haven't met yet. Seven Cups has trained volunteer listeners available 24-7 to give emotional support or online chat. It's anonymous and, get this, completely free. When you need someone to talk to, we're here to listen and help you feel better. Learn more about 7 Cups today by visiting 7cups.com or, as always, you can check out the show notes for the link. (laughs) Yeah, okay. I mean, to go with that, I guess I wish
2: my mother was more forgiving. She still holds on to that grudge of me leaving her at the age of 18, but to me... I don't know why she's very closed as far as speaking about her life experiences to me. I don't know if she doesn't think I can handle it or it's too unbearable for her to relive again. Mm -hmm. But to me, I was just like, why do you care that I left when you had three of your children in the Philippines and you left them and you Mm -hmm. haven't been back since? And then, you know, out of nowhere, my half sister reached out to me and we got to talking and that's when i found out that she was in an abusive relationship so she came here and i didn't know she overstayed her visa and she had me Mm -hmm. and that yeah that made me feel you know shitty i'm just like oh you did a lot more than i thought you did but I'm, but i'm i still can't get over the fact like you know Telling me some of these things, even though it's hard and it's probably scary or probably just insecure or just a shame. Like I felt that want to help me grow as a woman Mm. as well. I hate the fact that history kind of had to repeat itself. And I was in an abusive relationship. I wish you would have told me about it. So I want to know the signs of what to look for in a relationship and what not to look for. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't like the fact that me and her kind of share that because it's not, you know, nobody should be in an abusive relationship and for her to travel, like, thousands of miles and leave her three kids behind because of it, I just have so many questions.
0: (laughs) And I'm
2: just like, I don't know if she'll ever open up to me about it. And like I said, like, in the beginning, too, like, if one person hears this, and it makes them feel some type of way or gives them like an ah moment, then why not? And I feel, I wish she would do that with me. I'm her daughter. Mm. I'm not just any, you know, stranger out there. And it saddens me too, that I feel like she's closed me off so much that like, she hasn't even met my son yet. Oh, Um, wow. Yeah. So I'm just like, I want her to see me now. I feel like she still sees me as that little girl. I feel like she doesn't know much about me right now. And I'm like, okay, I understand I left at 18. But, and that I've been through a lot since then. And a lot of stuff that wasn't great. But look at me now. Like, I didn't turn out bad at all. Like, I got mm-hmm. over the obstacles and roadblocks that life's thrown at me. Like, you know... As far as schooling, of course, like, I know she wanted, and, you know, of course, I made that decision to keep pursuing school. I'm doing that. Like, I was able to stand up on my 2 own feet and be independent by 18 and have, you know, a career and all that. And, of course, like, I don't think I could have done that without her, without her upbringing. So something's mm-hmm. tough that she's And for that, I am grateful, but I wish she could just see that like, okay, you know, put all the BS aside, like I raised a good daughter. So that, Mm. that kind of like hurts me too. I don't know if it's just too much of like a culture, like different, just being, yeah, being, I'm like, she's lived here long enough (laughs) that you know, she should have embraced American culture by now. But I know just growing up, it was just all about Filipino culture. So I just don't know why or why not she's accepted that. But I'm like, if my son comes out, like half the woman I came out to be like, I would just be happy. I'd just be so proud. Like, Mm -hmm. you did it, you know, you're doing your thing. Good job, you know, and give all that love. But I just feel like people's turn. I'm not getting that from her. And that's one thing I want to, you know, make sure I do with my son is like to always love him no matter what. And to always be in his life no matter what. And no matter if we get into a fight or he does something that I don't like, like life's too short. I can't, Mm -hmm. you know, he's part of me. He's my blood. So I wish my mom would think about it that way too. But I just feel like, sometimes with Filipino culture, it's just like chin up, like I'm too proud to kind of like back down or whatever it may be. And I'm like, that's, that's not right. Like we're kids, like, don't you miss us? Or, you know, pride.
1: I don't yeah. know. It's totally a pride thing. Like you said, I wonder, I'm curious if you would be open or what your thoughts would be if you like called your mom and asked her to get involved with your son somehow like maybe asking her to help teach him Tagalog or something like that where you're expressing that you know you it's important to you that he connect with his culture and that you'd like her to be involved in that I wonder if she would be receptive to that because I just can't help that but think that if you guys haven't you know, been on speaking terms recently or haven't seen each other in a while and you want her to see, you know, what success that you've been able to to achieve and kind of this new place that you're in where you feel really good about your life and you want to share it with her, there's no better way than to show her that through, you know, spending time with your son and, and having them connect as well.
2: Well, yeah, I love that. So while I was pregnant still, my fiance was just like, you know, let's go over there. Um, And I was like, "Um, okay. But I wanted him to also see like, you know, I'm not being a bad person or a bad daughter because a lot of people do think that about me or always tell me like, but that's your mom, that's your mom. And I'm like, I understand that, but it's a two-way street. I can't do everything myself. So we were like, let's go over there. Of course, and he's big on family. He's real close with his family, which I envy. And I'm grateful that I'm part of his family now, too. But we went over there. We brought the whole family, meaning our two dogs, too. And she didn't even let us inside. She kept us outside. And it lasted maybe five minutes of that. She didn't really ask him any questions. She was more interested in, like, our dogs. And... Like, my mom is kind of like a borderline hoarder. So I'm just like, okay, that's fine. But I'm like, there was a McDonald's across the street or we can just went around the block and walk the dogs and talk. None of that happened. And mm-hmm. after I gave birth, oh my, I think, I wanna say my, my son was maybe like two three months. I went back over there. I just saw her like peeking out the window, didn't answer the door. And then most recently, it was like about a week ago, we went over there because it just so happens the church that we're going to get married at is like a block away from where she lives and wow. she didn't answer the door. And the only reason I feel like she called me recently was just to tell me that my half sister was going to call me. And that was it. Because before that, she stopped calling me on my birthdays like she usually would. So I'm just like, I'm trying I just don't know what else to like do. And I had, you know, before two couple of years back, I told her too. I was like, why don't you just tell me like the real story about like my dad, you know, straight up and nothing. So I'm like, mm. I, it's like pulling teeth and it shouldn't be like sure. pulling teeth, especially cause I'm an adult now. So I don't know what mm. it is, but she definitely feels more comfortable talking to my half sister because All this information that I found out recently is through her. And I'm like, I don't understand why you can't tell me. So I feel some type of way about that.
1: (laughs) Yeah, for sure. That's valid. That's understandable. And I'm sorry that you've made those attempts. And that's been her reaction. I know that it can be really frustrating. I mean, I think about some of the same conversations and interactions that I've had with my dad And how he's in the same ways, just very much closed off and not receptive to it at all. But with him, at least I've found that it helps when I'm a little bit more aggressive and a little bit like less apologetic about trying to step on his toes, you know, and that at least in his case, is <laughs> sort of effective sometimes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I don't know if I would urge you to try that at this point with your mom, especially given, like, the bold attempts that you've made to even go by the house. And, yeah, I'm sorry. That sucks.
2: <laughs> it does. But, um, you know, everyone has different, like, family lifestyles, I guess. And right. um, I'm just, like I said, I'm just proud that, I'm not stuck on that, that I think about it, but it doesn't stay with me to a point where I can't function. Right. I'm kind of at just this point, like, okay, I respect her to a certain amount, of course. I wish we had a closer relationship, but I don't. But I'm just thankful for all the other women who've accepted me as like their daughter. Like I have work moms and obviously my mother-in-law so to all the mother figures that I've had out there, thank you. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, but other than that, I'm just like, you know, at least I know that I tried. If I didn't try, yeah. then I think, you know, I would feel more bad. But since I know I am trying, she can't say that I didn't. So that kind of puts me at peace. But, you know, I I won't yeah. stop. It, was, it won't be an everyday thing. But if I am around the area and, you know, kind of feel like doing that, then I will. But if not, then, you
1: know,
0: I have my family to think about now.
1: Yeah. Maybe she just needs some time to, like, come around to the idea, whatever she's been telling herself in her own head, you know, the more that you make it a regular thing, maybe she'll eventually just let her guard down a little.
2: Right. And that's the thing, too. I'm like, I don't know whatever story I get from her is the truth, because I feel like she's been hiding something from me for so long that I feel like she's convinced or curated a story in her head already that Mm -hmm. may not be the truth. So I'm just like, is it even worth trying to get the real story? Like, Mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah, that's
0: tough. You know, I feel like and I don't I don't know your mom, but I I want to say first of all she sounds incredible in the mo- in the highest respects, you know, the fact that she came here and she was a single parent and she raised you and she tried to she made sure to preserve, you know, Tagalog and the culture, you know, with you. Mm-hmm. And I can only imagine that pride is really a wall to cover whatever pain that she has. Like, I don't know. I'm totally just like guessing. But I imagine that I even think for myself when I get mad at my husband and I get prideful, it's because there's this pain that he triggered in me that I'm not comfortable talking about. And so I let it out like through anger and pride and maybe like pointing out his faults, you know? (laughs) And so I can only imagine like, it sounds like your mom has done so much That And she's been so strong for you that to even consider like telling her story would mean like showing a vulnerable part of her that she is not ready to do. And I think like, you know, in past interviews, we talked about how sometimes maybe the reason why our parents aren't opening up to us is because like if they open up, it's like opening up trauma for them. And maybe they're just not ready for that, you know, maybe they just, it probably might actually backfire to have them open up, you know, and maybe they're trying to, you know, protect whatever whatever it is, whatever story they've told themselves to survive this long, that if they were to open up, like they wouldn't be safe anymore. You know what I mean? And um, so that, that's like the only, like based on just the interviews we've had so far. And like I said, I could totally be wrong about this, but I feel like if there's anything I've learned about prides, it's usually a way to cover up some form of pain. Right.
2: Yeah. I understand that. And I, I wish I can help relieve some of that pain if she were to open up, because especially because we've been through the same thing at this yeah. point. And her anger, too, unfortunately, has passed down to me. So I, I'm more aware of that with my son. But I'm just like, when I heard, too, that she came from an abusive relationship, I'm just like, well, why did you bring down that abuse to me? Like I said, she was very strict, so it was more like, you couldn't go out anywhere. You couldn't sleep at your friend's house. Like, spankings, whoopings, like, everything. Um, uh, being half Black, she didn't really accept that. And I'm like, how do you not accept that? <laughs> like, i um, <laughs> your daughter. You kind of have to accept oh, that. Right. I you know, thought, of that, thought about that beforehand. Um, yeah, you're like, so you like, made
1: <laughs> me remember.
2: <laughs> right, exactly. She <laughs> stuff like, which... Of course, when I tell, like, other Filipinos, they totally get it. But to me, I'm just like, oh, my God, my mom was, like, low-key racist. Because she would be like, yeah. what's that hairstyle? That's brave. That's, like, Black people hairstyle. And I'm like, yeah, I'm half Black. Sorry. Right. Like, <laughs> right. <laughs> or yeah. just, like, don't stay out in the sun too long. You're going to get too dark. I'm not going to be able to see you. And I'm like, really? Oh, my God. So just God. stuff like that, I'm like... I don't understand, like, I don't know. Like, I just feel like something should have clicked. Like, I don't want to be like how my husband treated me or something like that. Mm-hmm. Or I, I feel like maybe she was still like brainwashed. Cause that is a hard thing to get rid of. And then mm-hmm. now I actually have her husband's last name. So Santos and I'm, I'm just like, why did you give me that last name? Like, he's not my biological father. To me, he looks like the devil now because of the stories that I heard. So I'm just like, I don't want this last name. And then I felt even worse because I was so adamant that I wanted, like, my son to have a part of me. And so he has it in his birth certificate, like Santos. And I'm like, can I retract that? Like, I don't want... have this last name now knowing that what he's capable of so yeah I'm just like in my head I'm like mom like why didn't you tell me all these things you're gonna help me out so much (laughs) Mm -hmm. so much you don't understand like yeah it's hard but it's one of those things where it would have clicked with me or I can help you we can help each other if you were just told me these things. And I didn't like that. I'm hearing it from like a third party. Yeah. So.
0: Well, Mia, I just have to say, you know, just how much I admire you and applaud you for just how, how introspective you are and how also caring and compassionate you are and thoughtful you are of your mom. I I can only imagine that, The things you maybe felt like you didn't get from from your mom. It sounds like you have turned that around to be the change that you want to see, you know, with your little family and your son. Um, And so it's I could tell that it has really inspired you, you know, to say the least, to be your best Mm -hmm. self. So, you know, if nothing else, that's what I see is someone who is really caring, really thoughtful, really compassionate. You know, really cares about other people. And I want to thank you for sharing this sharing your story, you know, with your mom and just being so transparent about these questions that you have of her. I think it's very common that a lot of us have this imperfect relationship with our parents. And we just wish that There was some bridge that we can meet at and just be like, hey, we let's let's do this together. Like, why do we have to do this whole hierarchy thing? Why do you have to be prideful? Why, 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 why? Right. (laughs) And it's like, why does it have to be? But until we figure out that answer, if we ever, it sounds like you have kind of found your own peace and be like, yeah, I mean, my mom's my mom. And I'm going to be me like I'm going to be all that I am. I'm going to do my hair the way that I want. I'm going to raise my family the way that that I want. And I just want to thank you for giving birth to me and showing me the traits that, you know, showing me an an example of what a strong mother looks like and how I could apply that now as a mother. So kudos to you, Mia. Just want to let you know that. (laughs) Thank (laughs) you. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah, I see all that and I hear all of that. And so I just I thank you for for sharing all of that. I want to go ahead, speaking of sharing all of that, let's go ahead and transition to really the final question of this interview. And it's sharing the reason why this show exists is because we want to be able to publish a book uh, where it'll have a collection of life lessons and stories told by Filipino-American women. And so for you, Mia, you have a side tattoo that I'd love for you to mm-hmm. talk about. And your tattoo, and actually, why don't we talk about it? Because I, I don't know how to pronounce this part, So, like, which oh. is, which is an alibaba, I think. But why don't we talk yeah. a little bit about this tattoo that you want to share today and what it stands for and why you chose to get that tattoo?
2: So I got the tattoo... Just because actually it was from a paper I was writing in high school and one of my teachers wrote it underneath and was like, if you do what you've always done, you'll get what you've always gotten. And that resonated with me because I feel like people are just like kind of stuck in their ways. And if you keep repeating your ways, you're going to more than likely get the same results. And I got that in Alibata which is also called Baba Yen Alphabet, which is the ancient script of like the Tagalog people. And just again to kind of uh call, have more of my culture with me by having it written that way and just like a everyday reminder, being in bad relationships, I kinda just gave up on, you know, having family or having someone to love me and I'm just like why like everyone around me is mm-hmm. not having a hard time like finding this great guy but I am and I was just I was picking all the wrong men out you know mm-hmm. um, of course like I didn't know what a good relationship was and that of course goes back to my mom but so I kind of just had to accept like okay however my life goes if I'm meant to be single or whatever I'm gonna be fine with that and just keep doing what I have to do in my life to be happy and then I gave the nice guy a chance and here I am (laughs) (laughs) Um, so it was just like you know how can I change my life to be different so it, it was just like taking those steps and like I was a nursing assistant for 10 years, and I'm like, I needed a change. And from there, just working different jobs. And now I'm like, now I know what I want to go back to school for. So, just switching it up, if you're not seeing the results that you want in life, you know, you got to think to yourself at one point, like, maybe it's me. Maybe there's mm-hmm. something that I'm doing or not doing where. I'm not seeing the results that I want or the reason that I'm not happy right now. Cause who else is going to be in control of your life? You. Mm-hmm. So if you see something you don't like, or you're feeling something you don't like, like you have to change it. And for me, it
0: took a- getting a tattoo to realize that. <laughs> there you go. Just solidify. It's like, you know what? Like, so I don't forget.
2: <laughs> right. Exactly.
0: Yeah, I don't have a tattoo, but I know if I get a tattoo, I know what it's going to say. And it's going to be very meaningful, one, because it's probably going to be painful to have have a tattoo, but two, because I thought long and hard about the fact that I was going to go through this pain to have this tattoo on my body. So yeah, I don't think people put tattoos on themselves on accident, although I'm sure they do sometimes, but I love that your tattoo is very well thought out and it's a representation of who you are and in honor of your culture. I also like the saying itself, you know, if if you do what you have always done, you'll get what you've always gotten. And I think it's just kind of a testament to like who you are and what you've gone through through in life. You know, you didn't let um, these questions you have around your mom stop you from living your life. You know, you're like, if I keep asking these questions, I'm not getting answers. And I can't live my life trying to get these answers. I need to move on from that. I need to live my life. And who knows, maybe the answers will come. But there's also that saying that the definition of insanity is doing things over and over again, expecting a different result. Mm -hmm. And so I just think like, I just really like the quote that you have chosen. And it's just a good reminder that, yeah, sometimes you got to switch it up if you don't like your situation. And right. sometimes, yeah. I think that I share a
1: lot of your experience, your romantic experience in you know, in the way that you've described your past. And I I like the way that you've just taken such responsibility for your own happiness and creating that for yourself. And like you said, gave the nice guy a chance. Right, Um, And yeah, I totally relate to that. So (laughs) I I get what you mean by that. And I know exactly kind of that puts into context for me, you know, your story. And that's really cool. So congratulations on finding that. And again, creating that for yourself and kind of taking the reins and, you know, getting what you want, going after what you want instead of just expecting it to find you.
0: Right. Beautiful. Well said. Well, Mia, this was an incredible conversation today. I want to thank you again, just for your openness and your willingness to share your story and talk about your relationship with your mom. And more importantly, just talk about how you're owning it with life and your, you know, your career and your family and being a mother and just, just everything. So I want to thank you. Thank you so much for that. For people that are interested in possibly reaching out to you or learning more about you, how, how could they do that? How could they find you online? You can find me on Instagram and Facebook at com. Cool, cool. Yes. And I actually like checked out your Instagram account earlier this week and I was like, Food? I love food. (laughs) It's just (laughs) amazing. Thank you. I was like, Yes, yes. I feel like the name is self explanatory Food Raised Me, but I do want to kind of get your reason as to why you chose the username Food Raised Me.
2: Just because, of course, I love food, and I feel like one way to really get to know a culture is through their food, and so I was just like, food raised me, and that was one of the things, too. Like, my mom always cooked. No matter how many hours she worked at work, she always came home and cooked, and while mm-hmm. I didn't necessarily, like, stand by her and watch her, like, that's what I do now, too. Like, I'm always
0: cooking and my endless love me for that <laughs> <laughs> there you go <laughs> love it awesome Mia. well I once again I want to thank you so much for your time and Nani I want to thank you for co-hosting as always to our listeners if you did not get that IG handle food raise me I mean it sounds pretty easy but in case you didn't get it that's going to be in the show notes because you know how generous <laughs> I am with those I provide that all the time you're welcome as always. With that said, we want to thank you all for being here today. And we hope that you have gained another lesson that you could apply in your life. And thank you all for listening. And we look forward to speaking with you again in the next episode. Tune in next time. Thank you all. Bye, Mia. Bye, you guys. Thank you so much. And this is an amazing platform. I'm so
2: glad I got to share my story.